Thank you for checking out the Christian Faith Center podcast. If this is your first time, we want you to know that you will not be met with shame, guilt, or condemnation. No matter what you've been through or what questions you might have, Christian Faith Center is a church where you will find the grace, mercy, and forgiveness Jesus gives to everyone. Our goal is to love people to life. Would you stand to your feet? And could you come on, everybody? Let's stand to our feet. Why don't you put your hands together? We appreciate you, Pastor Eric and Rochelle. We truly do. We truly do. Um, it is so good to be with you today. If you'd please turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter three, Galatians chapter three. But I, I thought I'd share with you where this series came from. Um, I have two children. Bethany and Ryan. And this series literally came from Ryan's coming to age celebration when he turned 13. I had three of my very best friends in Phoenix, Arizona. We went out and we camped out in the Phoenix desert. Now, if you've never been in the Phoenix desert during the summer, in uh, the daytime, it's about 115 degrees. And then it cools down to about 112 degrees at night. So we were gathered around a campfire, and I presented Ryan my 410 shotgun, and I spoke three blessings over him, the Abrahamic blessings. I I believe this to be a a series that literally marked our movement. Um, I've been told that last Sunday was amazing here. On the main campus, it was absolutely crazy in that God marked our movement with elevation. How many recognize He is the elevating God? And once you meet Him, it is impossible to stay where you were. Back in the day, I used to be this little skinny but handsome little drug dealer in Northern California. And then I met Jesus, and He elevated my life out of that drug culture and into the culture of heaven. When He came and saved me and found me and delivered me. You need to understand, people would point their finger at me. People would tell me, you're a loser. You're going to end up in prison. You're stupid. You've never amounted to any. You'll never amount to anything. But how many recognize nobody has claiming rights to my life? Nobody has claiming rights to your life except Almighty God. And He is the elevator. Can you scream a great big amen? Aren't you grateful that God just accepts us as we are? But He loves us too much to leave us how He found us. I just love that about my Lord. So I want to direct your attention, if I could, with the uh, hour and 45 minutes that I have left to Galatians chapter 3. See, Pastor Eric thought he was going to preach today. No, I'm going to be short today. The Bible says in verse 13, the Apostle Paul writing under the inspiration and influence of the Holy Spirit of God, uh, he, he says, Um, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Can you say amen? I I want that to settle in. Too many times we just go through the Bible. I believe it's time for the Bible to go through us. The Bible says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. You want to know how much the Lord loves you? Having become a curse... For us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs 
on a tree. And verse 14, that the blessings of Abraham, there it is, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. Would you bow your heads as we pray? Father, would you take just the next few moments? And I, I pray that your anointing would be very evident. Lord, we thank you for our prized possession, not the house we live in, not the car we drive, not our bank account, but the Bible, the Word of God. And Father, the Word of God says that it's impossible for it to return void. So Lord, would you, would you minister through your Holy Spirit today in Jesus' mighty name? Amen. Just a couple of thoughts I'd like to throw your way. The Bible says in verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's why it's important that you, re- you understand and recognize that the cross is the central theme of Scripture. The Bible from Genesis to the maps, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, is a book of redemption. What was lost in the Garden of Eden was restored on a hill called Calvary. Can you say amen? That's why a lot, a lot of churches, unfortunately, they're no longer preaching about the cross. They think sin is when you don't fulfill and live out your destiny. How many recognize without the blood shed on the cross 2,000 years ago, you and I are still lost in our sin. We're selfish, and God saved us out of and caused us to be born again into His family. Can you say a good amen? You know, I look around some of the families here. I think of one of the most amazing families, in, in, and certainly in, in our church, if not the nation, is the Moretti family. Such a powerful, strong touch of God upon this family. And, and as they vacationed in Hawaii, I kind of wish that God in His sovereignty would have caused me to be born. That, that, you know, Pastor Matt would be my daddy. How many like to just, Pastor Matt, to be your daddy, he'd take you to Hawaii? I told him, you know, I told him in the prayer room earlier that today, I, I told all the other people there, I said, you know, we, we, we sent the Morettis to, to Hawaii to spy out the land. Let me ask you, how, how does this sound? CFC Hawaii. Hmm. I mean, said, come on, that's got a good ring to it. I would go like four or five months out of the year, amen. But the cross, think with me for a moment. The cross, um, the place that Jesus died that you and I might live. The cross, he was rejected that we might be accepted. The cross, you want to know how much God loves you? All you have to do is look at the cross where Jesus said, Father, don't kill Monty, kill me. And Jesus went to the cross. He was not martyred. He willingly laid down his life. Can I tell you, nobody took his life from him. He is God in the flesh. He willingly laid down His life so that He, through the blood shed on the cross, us getting right in His presence, He can elevate us into a brand new life. Can you say a good amen? So I want to talk to you just a little bit today about this concept, the blessing of Abraham. Last last week we talked about the blessing of elevation, and I'm so grateful that He elevated me out of darkness into His marvelous light. If that's you, can you say amen? He elevated me out of spiritual death into spiritual life. And I'm telling you, He wants to elevate you out of addiction, out of influence, out of pain, out of your past. And God gave me a scripture. If God be for us, who can be against us? 
The fight that you are in, each and every person that you will ever meet, every single day of the week, every week, every month, every year, is fighting a battle. Every person here, you and I, we are fighting a battle. I just want to speak that over again. Uh, Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. We are victorious, not because we're strong. We're victorious because he's strong and he lives in us. Can you say a good amen? And I, I like my preaching today. I might buy the tape. I don't know. So I want to talk to you about the second promise spoken over Abraham. The three promises. Uh, the three promises are elevation. And today we're going to be talking about possession. But you don't want to miss next Sunday. We're going to be talking about something very, very significant, and that is dominion. So, so elevation, possession, dominion. So if you would now, would you go to uh, Genesis chapter fourteen? Genesis chapter 14, and I'd like to direct your attention to verses 18 through 20. The Bible says, Then Melchizedek, we talked about that in depth last Sunday, king of Salem brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of God Most High. That is translated El Elyon, God Most High. I love the song that we sang earlier. How many recognize he has no peer? Can you say Amen. It's like we think, well, well, God's here and the, the devil's here. Oh, no, God is almighty God and the devil is under our feet. Can you say amen? I share it on the main campus too often. We just, we just talk to our, you know, God about our mountains. But I don't know about you. There's a transition in the spirit that is happening. We need to start telling our mountains about our God. He is El Elyon. He is the elevating God. He is bigger than anything or anyone you will ever have to go through or face in life. If you know that to be true, let's put our hands together and let's worship and praise El Elyon, the God most high. And the Bible said, and he blessed him and said, listen, blessed be Abram of God Most High. Would you circle the word of? And and blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. That's possession. And blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand, that's dominion next Sunday, and he gave him a tenth of all. So let's talk about this. The second promise is the promise of possession. He, he is El Elyon, the, the Most High God. He is the one that lifts us out and lifts us up. Is there anybody else in the house that you're, you were just in a, a, the miry pit, the pit with miry clay? Man, it's kind of like quicksand. You were going down, and God reached down with his mighty right hand, and he pulled you out of that past. He pulled you out of that addiction. He pulled you out of that pain, and he established your life on the rock according to the Word of God. The rock is Christ Jesus himself, and he has placed a path before us for us to walk. I must confess to you, for for many years, my my walk was kind of like this. And then I met Jesus, and He placed my feet on the rock, and now the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Your steps are ordered of the Lord. You don't need to walk like that anymore. You can walk straight with all the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Can you shout amen? So El El Yon. Now, it's interesting to me. The Bible says in verse 19, Blessed be Abram, of God Most High, of God 
Most High. I love that. Have you ever done any uh, research on the meaning of your last name? I mean, they they have that 23 in me. They've got all kinds of these things that help you go back to the day, go back to to your heritage, if you will, where you came from. And my last name, I'm adopted. Who said me too? Let me see. Isn't that cool? I, I got I got two brothers. I'm the oldest, Monty, Marty, and Boydie, and uh, I'm adopted. So I tell people that I tell my brothers, you know, Dad, he 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 had you, but he chose me. Mm-hmm. And according to the Bible, uh, John chapter 15, the Bible said, "You did not choose me, but I chose you." You are not the runt of the litter. You're not his last, somebody he's stuck with. Oh, no. You are his first choice. God has favorites, and it's every single one of us. Can you say amen? But I was adopted, and, and I literally have my adoption papers that I, I, I received about two and a half years ago. And it literally reads, I, I wish I would have brought them, uh, but they're in my safety deposit box. Thank you very much, um, Mr. U.S. Bank, just plugging a brother. Um, and it literally says, listen to this, Monty Ray Ramsey, on this day, I was five years old, shall be called Monty Ray Sears. And there's something about that name. I mean, goodness gracious, um, uh, uh, Abram of Most High God. I, I, um, it's interesting, Sears, Monty Ray Sears, my middle name, not everyone knows that, you do. Uh, Monty Ray Sears. Sears. Hmm. A name up in lights all over the world, Sears. I'm told the business is not doing very well right now, though, so I don't want to lay claim to that. But listen, the Bible said that, that he is, blessed be Abram of God Most High. I took on my, my daddy's name when he adopted me into his family. Now, I was adopted on earth, and some of you were adopted on earth, but you need to understand there's a greater adoption When we were far, far, far away from God, it was the blood shed on the cross 2,000 years ago that causes us to draw near, that bridged the gap between a sinner and now we're a saint. We have been adopted, listen, into the family of God. Can we put our hands together? Come on. We've been adopted into the family of God. So let's talk about this for a moment. The Bible says, blessed be Abram of God most high. I I, I really like that. Now, a couple of chapters later, Abram is called Abraham because God literally put his name in his name. You are going to love this. Would you write this down? Because I know there are people in here, if you don't get all the fill in the blanks, you just freak out. I was preaching on our main campus last Sunday and after the first service, um, a brand new techie, you know, beautiful little girl techie that runs our PowerPoint, apparently just starting one of, one of them anyway. And she grabbed me. I was meeting first-time guests and, and just hanging out with them. And, and she grabbed me and she said, Pastor Monty, you missed the fill-in-the-blank for point one. It's going, wow, I've never been accosted like that from someone who's working with me. Um, so I told her, sweetie, I'll hit it twice in the second service, and I did. 
So I, I think I restored myself in her eyes. But uh, I know you. So here's a fill in the blank. Would you, would you write this down? In Christ, God uh, marks all of us his own personal possession by giving us his name. By giving us his name. How many of you are married in the house? Can I see your hands? Any, anybody? Boy, look at all this, you know. Wasn't it wonderful at the beginning? And it's just getting better with every passing year. I mean, no, I'm just digging myself out of the pit that I just... Isn't it amazing how fast the knight in shining armor can turn into the idiot in the metal suit? But Kelly, Kelly, she was, she was Kelly Irene Gitchell. And then this absolutely handsome 21-year-old moved. My parents got a divorce, moved to Arizona to help my mom out. And the first Wednesday night, I went to a church, Word of Life, Assembly of God in Prescott, Arizona. And it was a volleyball night for teenagers in college. And I'm out there, and, and I notice that she's, she's really making some eye contact with my way. I mean, I can just kind of hear her in my spirit going, wow, hubba, hubba, hubba. And I recognized she was looking at some other guy, and I had to push him out of the way, and you know. But Kelly Irene Gitchell, February 14th, Valentine's Day, 36 years ago. I got it. 36 years ago, she took on a different name. Kelly Irene Sears. When you give your life to Christ, you take on another name. You're not just this little Monty who was messed up, abused all of his young adult life. No, you took on the name Christian. God literally gave you His name. I'm no longer insignificant. I'm significant because of you. My life doesn't, no longer doesn't make sense. My life makes sense because you gave me your name. Can you say a good amen? Numbers chapter 6, verse 27. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 10. Then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by my name of the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by, what does the Bible say? My name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear, heal rather, their land. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 9. Why should you be like a man astonished, like a mighty one who cannot save? Yet you, O Lord, are in our midst, and we shall be called by your name. Now listen to this. Acts chapter 11, verse 27. It's probably not up on the screen. It's one God gave me early this morning. And the disciples, this is Acts chapter 11, verse 27. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. And the Christians, the disciples rather, were first called Christians at Antioch. Remember the altar where you took on His name. With me, it was a Sunday night at Orville First Assembly of God where I took on, I surrendered my life, my name, and I took on His life and His name. I think I think about the uh, Kelly and I. We just celebrated our 12-year anniversary at Christian Faith Center. Was it last Sunday? I believe last Sunday. 12 years. Most of the people here, you you guys have suffered through our ministry for 12 years. Lord, be gracious to you. 
But I, I think about the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who have surrendered their old life and taken on a new life and taken on His name through Christian faith center. Where was it where you took on the name of the Lord? Some, it might have been our chaplain right here, uh, Pastor Jordan, took on the name of the Lord in prison as you went in and ministered to him. I think of the, the hundreds on our main campus, that it was the main campus where they took on the name of Christian. I, I think about the many here on our Caldwell campus where people took on the name of Christian, Christ Jesus Himself. I'm thinking in Northern California. I'm thinking in our Latino Latino campuses. I'm thinking in, in Jesus' name in November. We're scheduled to start having services on our Boise campus. Can we just put our hands together for that? I believe that hundreds of thousands of people are going to take on the name of Christ through what God is doing through this movement. If you believe that, can you say Amen. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm just about done. I'll set this up for Pastor Eric. He's got some crazy, amazing points he wants to talk to us about. But, but if you're taking notes, would you write this name, this down? You've been sealed by the name of the Lord. And this is so, it's, it's vitally important that we get this. The Bible said, and he, uh, priest of God Most High, of even, even Melchizedek, of God Most High, and he blessed him and said in verse 19, blessed be Abram of God Most High. Blessed be Abram of God Most High. How many recognize when we are firmly established in the nail-pierced hands of the Lord Jesus Christ, ain't nothing, ain't nobody can take us out of His hand. He is greater than any devil. He's greater than any sin. He's greater than anything or anyone. And we are firmly established in the palm, the nail-pierced hands of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. You need not fear tomorrow because when you wake up, He will be there. Can you say amen? Um, We're sealed. We are sealed by the name. We're not sealed by trying to be better people, trying harder. We're sealed by the name of the Lord Himself. We are Christians of El Elyon, God Most High. Your identity. It's been said that, that many people know who God is in heaven, but true life happens when you know who God is in you and who you are in Him. You're not a nobody. You are a somebody. You're you're not just living nowhere. You're living, you're living somewhere because of the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, dwells in each and every one of us. How many grateful that the Spirit of God lives in us? Can you say a good amen? Awesome. Well, listen, Pastor Eric is going to come, and he's going to try to land this plane and try to right my wrongs. Maybe, I don't know. Why don't you welcome him to the stage? God bless you, Pastor Eric. Thank you, Pastor. Could we put our hands together for Pastor Monty? What an amazing word that was this morning. Well, I'm going to roll right through it this morning. The Bible refers to his name and spirit as the seal. I want everybody to say seal this morning. All right. We're going to go into 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 through 22. The Bible says, now it is God, I repeat, God who makes both of us 
and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal. I want you to highlight that his seal, not not your boss, not what the world says, not what someone else, but his seal this morning of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit. Man, I love that deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. He has deposited something in each and every one of us this morning. I want you to understand that and really internalize and realize that this morning. Every single one, every single person in this room and that's not in this room, God has deposited the Holy Spirit in each and every one of you as a guide, as a helper for your life to guide you through the destiny that he's called each and every one of you in ministry, in leadership, reaching people right where you're at in your career, in your job, uh, maybe at Walmart, whatever it is, but God has deposited something special in each and every one of you. Like it was said this morning, it doesn't matter what your past was. It doesn't matter what was behind you, but God's looking forward and saying, that's what I want you to walk to if you would just stand on firm ground that I've laid before you and walk each and every day with my spirit as your guide. But see, we got to stop walking like we're owned by someone else or something else. Well, you're not owned by that addiction. You're not owned by that situation. You're not owned by that circumstance or what that, what that doctor said. But God has the final say. God is the one that says, I have set my seal on you, and I own you. My possession. Children. We are his children. Hallelujah. We're his children, the children of God. But see, this deposit is a guarantee. It's not like a financial deposit where you hope when you go to the bank it's still there. No matter what I deposit and God deposits it's me, he expects a return. And I'm not talking a financial return. I'm talking a return to him this morning for those who would call upon his name that would return to Christ. That each and every city that we walk into that we would take possession of, that people of the lost would come to him. And we turn to him, a church that would return to him. Each and every one of us that would get on our knees every morning and every evening, thanking the Lord for what we have and for what yet's to come and our destiny. Thank you for taking us out of that junk and that mire and that addiction and walking in the destiny that God has for us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible tells us that in you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked by him. Marked in him with a seal, rather. The promised Holy Spirit, the promised. My God does not break promises. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory? You have to understand something this morning. That his seal, the God's seal, the Spirit guarantees you that you can possess what it is that he has given us this morning, that you can possess the land of Caldwell, that you can possess the land of Nampa Idol, that you can possess the land in Jesus' name in Boise and Oroville and city after city after city until this world is turned upside down in Jesus' name. But back in the old times, we recognized that the king owned everything. But in order for them to impart something and to give something, a possession, they had to seal it, saying, I give my seal. This possession is now yours. But we serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And he has guaranteed us possession. But here it is. You've got to walk it out. You, we can't sit on the couch and watch Netflix and, and just life, let life go by. But he's acti- asking us to be a willing participant to, to, to glorify him and to advance his kingdom in each and every city that we reach. But the seal has made sure that there's no question to whom you belong to, and that is God. 
There is no question that when you, when you call upon his name and you get on your knees and you pray and you seek his, his guidance and counsel, that he is faithful and that he will answer you right where you're at. Can I get an amen this morning? I want us to look just real briefly at the prodigal son in, cha- in Luke chapter 15. See, we, we, we see the son that runs away from the father. He runs out of everything, possessions, money, and he comes back poor and he comes back needy. But see, you've got to understand something. The father did something significant. He gave his, his signet, he gave his ring to the son and said, what is mine is yours. It doesn't matter what, you've, what you think in your mind that you've squandered or time that you think if you're wasted, if you're five, if you're 105, as long as your, your heart's beating, you've got, you got air in your lungs, there's a purpose for you here on earth. Come on. Each and every one of us, not just who's on the platform. Matter of fact, my prayer every single day throughout the week is that each and every one of you will, will, will lead more people to Christ than I ever could on the stage. Whether you're in Walmart, whether you're in Target, whether it's a job, God has put you there for a reason. Stop praying to get out of that job. Ask Jesus to come into it and change the environment and change the atmosphere. But the older brother, see, I think the older brother really could represent church people that come and, come and go. Maybe you've been here for a while. Maybe you've been in the house for a while. And you're seeing people come in like, man, that person is addicted but radically changed. And they're walking into things that I never thought I could walk in. Possessions are all around us this morning. But see, I love what the father does. He corrects and in verse 31 says, son, you are always with me. Come on. He is always with us. And all that I have is yours. Too many Christians today live like the older brother. We see possessions and land all around us. And God said, if you would just reach your hand out, it's yours. Financial freedom, it's yours. Relationships, it's yours. A thriving marriage, it's yours. The city of Caldwell, the city of Boise, it's yours in Jesus' name. Your wayward child. I, I love what it says in, in Psalm 24, verse 1. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything, everything in it, the world and all who live in it. See, something dropped on my heart this morning. It's, it's not just possessions and things and, and places, but it's your wayward child. It, it's the child that you're praying for that would just come to Christ. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe you're like me this morning, and then you're praying that there's a family member who continues to turn away from God, but you pray in faith that they are the Lord's, and I'm trusting the Lord this morning that he's going to continue to speak to them and reveal things and take the blinders off of their eyes so they can see the truth the way in the life, and that's Jesus Christ. But as much as I love them, as much as I, I, I want God to reveal something in their life, I hear, here's something that I want to share with you. God wants it more. I love my child more than anything. I love my wife more than anything. I would give anything, but I can't outgive God. I can't outlove God. He is love. As much as you want to see the, the, the fruit and the destiny uh, before for your children. He wants it more. The more the, the, even as much as I want my father to come to God, he wants it more. And I trust that my dad, that my family belongs to him. It doesn't belong to a situation. 
It doesn't belong to circumstances or frustration or something that may have happened in life. Because my Bible says that he has marked them, nothing else, not their past. It's a choice that we make. To dwell in the past and to say, oh, well, I'll never amount to anything. Well, my God says a different story. He says, I see something special. Matter of fact, I've got a deposit, and I'm guaranteeing a return in your life. If you would just walk with me this morning, if you would just step out, maybe just take that first step. Maybe this for here, somebody this morning, just take that first step. It might be awkward. You might not understand it. It might be uncomfortable. I've always said this. God is not concerned with your comfort. He's more concerned with your growth. He wants to see you grow. He wants to see you mature. Because there are too many people in the city of Caldwell that have yet to be reached for the glory of God. But it's going to take all of us, not just the pastors on staff, not just the volunteers, but outside these walls, ministering and loving people to life. And living that daily, even on the highway, when people cut you off, you pray for them. Everywhere. Come on. We could be real this morning. Just pray for them. Say, God, I trust you. That's a, that's a big word. That was a big word that I had to, had to learn to, to trust my father. Because if I could just be vulnerable for just a moment. There were times in my life I had a trust issue with my dad. Because they would say one thing, but they wouldn't wouldn't fulfill it or uh, you know the, the heart was there but I, I never saw the fruit on the other end I, hey can you come to this game can you come to this and say yes and I'll be there I had to work through a trust issue but I am so thankful that I trust the God who is faithful who has the power to fulfill his promises and he will see it through each and every situation that you may find yourself in this morning, if you put your trust into your heavenly Father, I can guarantee you, the Bible guarantees you, His Word guarantees you that He's going to be with you. He sees you to it. He will see you through it in Jesus' name. But God's seal, it gives us the right to possess every promise. Look through Scripture, thousands and thousands of promises I have a hard enough time. I was just talking about my father, but if we can be real, I have a hard enough time keeping promises myself as they stack up. And, you know, the, the schedule gets in the way. But the Bible tells me that the promises from God are trust. He's a trustworthy God. If we can look into Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, it says, God is not human, that he should lie, not a human being, that he should change his mind. Come on. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? My God is a God that is trustworthy and that he will fulfill his promises in Jesus' name. God is unchanging. It says in Psalm 110 verse 4, The Lord has shown, or sworn rather, and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Did you, under, did you hear what, it just, what the scripture just said? He is unchanging. It doesn't matter how bad or how deep or how low or how dark. It doesn't matter how far. But he does not change with society and with culture. He remains the same forever and ever and ever. And the people would call upon his name. And if we don't cry out, the rocks will cry out in Jesus' name. Unchanging God. God also has the power to fulfill his promises. In Isaiah chapter 55, chapter 55, verse 11, it says, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve 
the purpose for which I sent it. He will fulfill the promise. It, it might seem bleak right now. Maybe God had, had given you a promise. Maybe there's a promise you're standing on this morning. I'm here to tell you that he will fulfill it in Jesus' name. And he has the power and the authority to fulfill that in your life, that dream, that vision, whatever it is in your life this morning. Hang on to it. Hang on to Jesus this morning on solid ground. Not the ground the world tries to lay before us with shiny things. It's quicksand. It's not solid ground. And faith in keeping him. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I love this scripture. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. He, almighty God, who said something over your life and gave you a promise. He will fulfill it in Jesus' name. His faith is unwavering. His promises are true. They come from the very word, the very mouth of Almighty God. But see, I believe God's heart, if we would do so, if we would be so bold to return to a place, a possession, that we don't walk around like we have a lease on things. Wearing the seal with, 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 with the God seal in our life proudly. Man, look at the mess I came out of. But look where God has taken me. Look what God dr- took me out of this morning. And the same is true for you. If you would just call upon the name of Jesus. Jesus is a word and a name that I think that this world needs to hear over and over and over. All of hell flees in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Possessing what is rightfully his. The earth, everything, your child, you, everything belongs to God. He didn't miss something like, oh, I I didn't count that. I didn't see that under the rock. No, everything is the Lord's. Everything belongs to him. But we need to spend less time, like I said a little bit earlier, this mindset of we're leasing. Like, well, we're only here for Caldwell for a little bit, and then we got to move on. Absolutely not. The word of God says something contradictory to that. It says that I have given you possession and dominion over the city of Caldwell, the city of Boise, the city of Nampa, the city of Oroville, and I want you to move in Jesus' name. It ain't the devil's. It's God's. It's time to take some stuff back that's rightfully ours. We, we, we've walked around like empty-handed like we, we, we don't have possessions. It's time to take your finances back in Jesus' name. It's time to take your marriage back in Jesus' name. It's time to take the city back in Jesus' name. It's time to take this generation back in Jesus' name. It's time to take the church back in this crazy teachings that are going on in this church today, not even preaching the word or the cross. It is, always will be, and always was Jesus. But churches around the country and around the world are preaching something different. We need to take back the church. We need to take back the city. We need to take back the country that it was founded on the word of God in Jesus' name. Yeah, it's crazy. It's dark. I've walked around this city. It's dark and crazy in some spots. But I tell you what, I will not waver because I lean on the strength of my God that I can walk through the city of Caldwell and then the light that is in me, which is him, that will shine bright for every person to see. In Jesus' name, it's time to stop playing defense. For some reason, we play defense too much as Christians. 
And Pastor Kelly said eloquently, just beautifully, the Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of God. Well, guess what? There's a weapon in there. But we, we, sometimes we focus so much on the defense that we don't take the field, if you will, and we don't go out and minister and love people to life so that they can have the truth, the way, and the life, and that is Jesus. It's time to share your testimony, not be ashamed of it. The word of your testimony will change lives because they can look at you and say, wow, man, I remember you in high school. There ain't no way you're a pastor. There ain't no way you're a Christian. Forget about a pastor. But they see my life, and they say, wow, there must be a God because there is no way that you could be from there to where you're at right now because I knew you. But it's all about Jesus, putting the full armor of God on, the word of your testimony, praying, fasting, and believing God. But there are things, there's areas in our life and thinking even that I think God wants us to possess, take back. It says that we could take captive of our own thoughts. Think about that for a moment. It's time to take possession of the thoughts and allow the Spirit to move through you and to speak to you, to encourage you, to challenge you, to bring correction maybe even, but to challenge your way of thinking. There are properties that God wants us to possess in Jesus' name in the fall. We're going to be in the city of Boise reaching hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, for Jesus, a city that needs Jesus. A Boise campus. Pastor, I can't wait. Business leaders, I want to speak to you. God wants to give you possession in your business. He wants to see your business thrive and to glorify him in all the market share, the territories. He has so much that he wants to impart to you. Growing your business. I I want us to take a quick look, roll back to Scripture. It says that God blessed Abraham as the possessor of heaven and earth. Man, I I want earth. But man, I want more of heaven. I want more of heaven to rain down on each and every city that we minister to and minister the gospel to. That all the corners of the earth. But it's time to possess the freedom that's available through Jesus and faith on another level this morning. Are you with me this morning, church? Revelations, miracles, signs and wonders. Levels of heavenly authority that maybe we have never seen. And I pray for these things, but I recognize they come from my Father in heaven. I pray to my God I said, God, there's a person that needs a healing touch right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I think we need a generation that's more bold. That we come up and say, brother, sister, I don't know who you are. I don't even know if you're a Christian, but can I pray for you? Can I just put my hands on you this morning and let God move in your life? This generation is wanting to experience God for themselves. Not what their parents or their grandparents told them or or why they they drug them in the church, but they want to experience a real relational, not a religious, but a relational God. That God, I've seen what you've done with my mom and I've seen what you've done with my grandma, but God, I'm here on my knees. Can you show, can you reveal something to me this morning? Something personal, something only you can speak in my life. I believe God wants to do that. Idaho, California, this country, this world, everything in it belongs to him. Every lost person needs to be found. 
every lost person needs to be found. They would walk away from the 99 to reach the one. Friends, I'm telling you, the one matters. The person that's not in these seats this morning, they matter to God. Pray for them. Believe in faith that God, I don't see how it's possible. But I know where, where my impossibility comes to an end, your own possibilities just begin. So I believe in the impossible because I believe in my God. He's trustworthy. He's faithful. But we have to understand in a real way as I, as, as I kind of close this morning that we are his representatives here on earth. The way that you speak, the way that you respond, the way that you love, you're representing Christ in everything that we do. We need to represent well, not just in church, but represent well when we're at the workplace, when your faith is challenged the most, when your boss comes in and doesn't have some nice things to say about it. Or, or maybe you challenge with a family member that's just so tuned out, so turned off, so far away from God. But how do you respond this morning? Do you respond saying, I, I, I hear you, but God loves you, and I am his in Jesus' name. Your children, your family, your parents, even your home, everything belongs to him. Not anybody else, not that situation, not that, that job, that boss, not that doctor. Almighty God has the final say, and it's his. The blessing of possession started with Abraham, but it's afforded to us because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Blood of Jesus Christ. Can we be so bold this morning? I, I, I want to, for all of us to repeat really this declaration. I wrote this down, but I think it's profound if we would just speak this out. If you could repeat after me. I am God's chosen possession. No evil can touch me. I carry his seal of authority. I have access to all that belongs to him. I am here to do more than live. I am here to advance the kingdom through my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're sitting here this morning saying, Pastor Eric, man, there's so much to possess. I, I hear you speaking of the blessings, but how, how, how do I receive that this morning? It starts with Jesus. It was, it is, and always will be about Jesus. If you don't know him in a personal way this morning, I, I want, this is just a moment between you and him. Nobody looking, all eyes closed. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or maybe you, you did at one point and, and life and circumstances got in the way, and maybe there was a wedge. For more information about Christian Faith Center, please visit experiencecfc.com Thank you for listening.